are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday A bunch of stuff to go over as we're preparing for another storm here. So just as a programming note, have today's show, should have tomorrow's show. After that, I'm not entirely sure yet. may depend on the rain, the power situation, all of that. And if you're in the way of the hurricane, please take care of yourself. But today we got some news. First and foremost, we get to talk about clutch sports again. Yay! And Lonzo Ball, double yay! This isn't as big of a deal as people want to make it out to be. I'll explain why. Then Houston and their head coach, Mike D'Antoni, are parting ways. We'll dive into him as a potential for New Orleans. Does it make sense? Does it not make sense? And then finally, with a Game 7 coming up Tuesday night between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic has been maybe the best player in that series. A center, the best player in a series in 2020, in a playoff series in 2020. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say that. Let's take a look at the uh, that position for New Orleans. Small ball a little bit. We'll tie some Anthony Davis into all of that. We'll just kind of go over all of this stuff in the third segment of today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Okay, so Lonzo Ball signs with Clutch. This was broken by ESPN this morning. Malika Andrews there. This is a little bit curious on the surface because Lonzo Ball had recently signed with Rock Nation like a couple of months ago. And now all of a sudden he's changing and signing with Clutch is kind of weird that you would just jump from representation to representation like that. That's after he was with Creative Arts Agency, CAA, briefly as well. This on the surface is like not great. We don't like clutch here in New Orleans after what they did with Anthony Davis, right? Just forcing his way out there using strong arm tactics. They are brutally effective and efficient and they accomplish what they want for their clients, which is why I don't really have a problem with anyone signing there, but they do it with rather dubious methods, not unethical, but like you kind of skirt the line of some of that stuff, I think. And so While they're great for their clients, they're not necessarily the greatest to deal with. But I'm not worried about this one because uh, first and foremost, I think a lot of Pelicans fans would be fine if Lonzo Ball tried to force his way out of the team and they got something in return for him. The bubble he had was bad. Shot under 40% from the field overall. Like he was just straight up bad in those eight seating or whatever amount of seating games he played. I'm not even going to look because the numbers are so ugly. I don't need to hurt my eyes on a Monday morning with that sort of thing. So if he wants to try to force his way out, like sure. Whatever. If you can get anything in return for him, I think that'd be great. And Clutch tends to get you a decent amount in return like they did with Anthony Davis. So overall, like, wonderful. The other thing is, though, that David Griffin has a good working relationship with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. He's known them for a long time, having had LeBron James on those Cavs team. Having a relationship with Clutch is good. I don't really anticipate them butting heads or anything kind of getting... Uh, very negative around all of this or chaos developing around all of this. This is just like, fine. It's an agent that David Griffin knows how to deal with. Cool. Wonderful, wonderful thing. And if you're Lonzo Ball 
and you're doing this, this kind of comes off to me as he knows the precarious situation he's in. And I'm actually good with that. I like someone kind of feeling a little bit of pressure on their back, knowing that they need to step up and play better, or you're not going to get the money or the situation that you want. While Clutch will try and do their best to get it for you, they've had some missteps here or there. But if you look at their record of getting their players what they want in the best situation possible for them, overall, it's really damn good. So they are an effective agency, but you're really kind of going there if you're like, oh, I can't necessarily do this on my own, potentially, or at least that's how I see it with Lonzo Ball's situation. He did not have a good bubble showing. He's extension eligible. He's not going to get an extension right now. I would be shocked if that happened. And if your other team's in free agency next season when he's going to be a restricted free agent, how appealing are you going to be if you don't play better? So if he needs clutch to kind of ring out those extra dollars and that's what he feels he needs this representation to do. And that's what this move reads as to me. That's great. He's nervous. Want him to be nervous, practice more, play better. All of that stuff. If this somehow becomes a motivating factor in your desperation to a degree is showing though, I don't think it's that much of desperation. That's a wonderful thing in the article on ESPN. He says he's going to start his training regimen today two-a-day sessions on the basketball court and workouts in the weight room. needs to be doing all of that. He's saying the right things. Kunzel wants to model himself after teammate Brandon Ingram and follow in his footsteps of win most improved player next year. If you do that and then Clutch negotiates a max contract for you, wonderful situation because that means you're a really good player all of a sudden and that's what we want to see out of him. So this means he's probably a little bit nervous about what his NBA future looks like and his NBA tenure and his career is going to look like. And if that motivates him to work out and become a better player, great. If it just means he wants to sign with Clutch to use the strong arm, whatever tactics you want to call them, not as good. But if he is working out, if he is trying to improve and he just brings Clutch on to kind of help take him that, you know, punch it in on the goal line, right? Then wonderful situation. So I'm not worried about this. Either he's gone from the team and people are probably happy because there's very clear deficiencies with how he plays. Good in certain situations. Good in transition, not good in half court. And if this motivates him a little bit more, and he knows the situation he's in, I like it. He's not complacent. That's a good thing to me. So overall, fine with um, Lonzo Ball signing with Clutch. So coming up, we'll take a look at the Houston Rockets in Mike D'Antoni. And could he be a fit for New Orleans? There's pros and cons in both of this. So I think it'll be interesting to really take a look at this one. So that's what we're going to talk about coming up. And then in the third segment, a little bit on small ball, the center position, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Jackson Hayes, Zion Williamson, all of that and more. So stay tuned for the rest of today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we do all of that, today's show is brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started with Roman is also just as easy. Just go to roman.com slash lockedonNBA and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lockedonNBA 
Locked On NBA. That's getroman.com slash Locked On NBA today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash Locked On NBA. Again, getroman.com slash Locked On NBA. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only daily show breaking down every single thing you want to know about the team, whether it's free agency stuff, whether it's uh, player free agency with their agents in clutch sports, or now when it comes to the coaching search and then the NBA draft. And we're going to talk about the coaching search here with Mike D'Antoni. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, so Mike D'Antoni and Houston are parting ways, and this seems like it was actually Mike D'Antoni's decision to do this, not the Houston Rockets' decision. Similar to Billy Donovan, he was out of contract at the end of this season, which for the Rockets just ended the other day when they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. And now it sounds like he's gone and informed Houston ownership, Tillman Fertitta, that he doesn't want to be back next year. I think he just doesn't want to deal with some of what's going on there. And since Fertitta has taken over ownership, they've gotten a little bit cheaper than they were before. They're still the Houston Rockets. They're still spending money. They're still trying to be as much of a contender as possible and take their shot. Uh, while this window has been open around James Harden with GM Daryl Morey, who I think is maybe one of the best in the league, constantly retooling the, uh, the roster and at least trying, whereas so many teams are kind of content to just tanking and tear it down versus trying to rise up and beat the Golden State Warriors or the other top teams in the league and take their best shot at them. And Houston should be commended for that. Hasn't worked out. But recently, they kind of retooled some of the staff. That's how the Pelicans ended up with Jeff Bizdelic, who we'll talk about here in a second, and all of that stuff. So it's no wonder that D'Antoni just maybe kind of wants out. He's had a lot of success there in four seasons with the Houston Rockets. He's got a record of 217 and 101. That's a 68 winning percentage, 68.2%, similar to what Billy Donovan did with the Oklahoma City Thunder over his five years there. We know what D'Antoni is capable of. Offense, 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 right? But what's different than Alvin Gentry is he's able to adapt to the players. He's, you know, he created basically the seven seconds or less system that Gentry then adopted from him when he took over the Phoenix Suns. But D'Antoni, while being an offensive guy, doesn't just play in transition and try and get out and run. New Orleans did that a lot, but they weren't particularly great at it. And then when things needed to slow down in the half court, they were bad. They weren't good. But D'Antoni has adapted his system to both be fast and or slow, depending on the style of play or type of players that he has. This year, they were fast when you have Russell Westbrook get out in transition, try and run and try and score that way. The year before that, though, last season, they were one of the slower teams in the league. They weren't fast necessarily in terms of pace. 26 out of 30th. They played a much more isolation-heavy style of ball, manufactured around just getting James Harden the most and the best shots that he could possibly get on the team while also having Chris Paul. Harden averaged 36 points per game, did it on 25 shot attempts per game as well. That's a lot. And it was built around doing that, but also built around the team in the half court, not getting out in transition and running. A coach who's adaptable and can create a lot of offense and good offense through different styles of play is appealing. And I think that's something that you look at. So when you look at D'Antoni and go, no, I don't want someone who's just as similar to Alvin Gentry, there's similarities there to be sure, yes, but they're not that similar because frankly, it just seems like D'Antoni is better at being a little bit more uh, variable with the, his systems and adaptable. That's the word I'm thinking of with his offensive systems. So they can play a number of different styles under, and we can coach to a number of different styles. Defensively is where things get 
a little bit more dicey, I think. Whereas it's been a problem for New Orleans during the Alvin Gentry tenure here. It's been hit or miss for Mike D'Antoni as well. There's no doubt that he gets buy-in from players on that end. I think you've seen Harden go from just being an objectively bad defender to one that is passable at times. Not great, not amazing, but at least he buys in on defense more than he ever has before under D'Antoni. And frankly, he's actually a good post-up defender. Um, Similar-ish to kind of Drew Holiday, though, not nearly as good as that. So the fact that he gets buy-in from guys I think is important. He's had Jeff Bizdelic there before and two years ago when the Rockets probably had one of their better defenses. Uh, that's a lot of what was Bizdelic's work. They were the sixth best defense in the 2017-2018 season um, while also playing with a medium amount of pace. So if you reunite them, you could have similar success, I think. There's a couple of issues, though, with D'Antoni as well. And the age, unfortunately, is one of them. He's one of the older coaches in the league. He's 69 years old. Uh, Who knows how much longer he's going to be coaching for now. He does not look like he's almost 70 to me. And he seems kind of young for his age to a degree. But at the same point, is he going to be coaching three more years, four more years? He wants to be a head coach. And I would not be shocked if you see the 76ers go after him or a team like that. But if you're D'Antoni, is it three more years, four more years, five more years? Meaning... If he ends up retiring because of age, you're going to need to still get another coach for Zion Williamson. And if you're trying to avoid that and trying to create a lot more continuity around him, D'Antoni's probably not the right fit. It's a shame we got to talk about that in terms of age, but it's just kind of one of those things. So with D'Antoni, I think offensively you'd be fine. Like you could bring him in and he could still run some half court stuff for you and not have to play in transition. Or if you were happy with what you saw from the team during the regular season when they were all healthy and not the bubble stuff and are ignoring that. And David Griffin kind of hinted as such that they might not read too much into the bubble performances. If you want to try and build on what you've had this past season, the good of it, D'Antoni's probably the right type of coach. So there's pros and cons For him, defensively, I don't know if you're going to get the most out of the team. You'll probably be better than you were this past season. But how much better is the question. And if you're trying to improve on that side of the ball, D'Antoni's not the right coach. If you're trying to build on everything else that's going on here, then yeah, go for it, I think. And he's a guy that would make a whole lot of sense and bring kind of instant credibility to the team. So like I said, pros and cons of Mike D'Antoni for this roster and this franchise. So stick around. We've got more coming up here on today's edition of Locked On Pelicans as we dive into small ball, the center position. I want to talk a little bit about that generally high level overview of this stuff. So stay tuned. That's coming up here in just a moment. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, simply put, is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they're now even more improved. So the only thing better than Built Bar is, well, the new and improved Built Bar with the new formula that I have, I think is just awesome. And also new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. That's on top of some of the other ones that have already been just outstanding. These things I have adopted to eating every day after I work out after lunch as basically a meal replacement because they taste like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. You're going to have no idea you're eating a protein bar. And then these things are good for you. They're great if you're looking to be a little bit more health conscious, whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight. And the bars are low in calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. They have some that are 19 grams of protein and 180 calories, or just 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. That is amazing how low in calorie these things are. 
So if you've ever used the promo code for Built Bar before through Locked On um, at any point, they've reset the promo code so you can jump back in. And so if you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. You're going to get ten dollars off your next order. They're also going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that is promo code Locked On for ten dollars off over at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only show here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Wrapping up today's show, talking about the center position in small ball and a number of things, because there's a lot kind of coming together at once about this, I feel like, a little bit, and I find it kind of interesting. Looking at the playoffs and looking at teams succeeding around the center position, and this comes from, I've had um, my good friend Zach ask me about Miles Turner on this team. Alex Ferrari, formerly of LockedOnPelicans.com, asked about Serge Ibaka or Marc Gasol with the uh, Toronto Raptors. Looking at the center position and what you need out of that spot is rather interesting right now. There's ways to make it work, but it's also ways to kind of make it not work. And I think if you look at a guy like Derek Favors, it just doesn't doesn't really fit in to what you're doing in the current climate of the NBA. If you look at that Lakers Rockets position, the Lakers were the Rockets were hoping to punish the Lakers by just going super small like they've done all year, right? Teams that play those bigger centers can get burned by the Rockets and the speed and athleticism they bring. Except Anthony Davis is a small ball 5, right? But the way he plays and the type of style he is, being hyper athletic, can shoot the 3 as a rim runner and a defender, it's not like that lumbering post plane center like you were expecting or like other teams do. So when the Lakers go small, they just throw Anthony Davis the five, and it's like the perfect counter to small ball because for all intents and purposes, that is a small ball lineup just with a dude who's 6'11". LeBron James then plays the four. He's a small forward, but he's still perfect in the four spot as well, and it kind of counters that. Look at the Denver Nuggets then when it comes to the five spot. Nikola Jokic, unicorn. You're not going to find any other player like him. But he doesn't play like a a typical center. The passing, the three-point shooting that he gives you. He's a creator in the way that we normally look at guards because look at him when you get him the ball down low. They collapse on him so much because of how effective of a scorer he is that then his passing is so good he can pick out the open man. And then if you put him on the perimeter, you have to defend him up there too, thus creating more space for others because he's a credible three-point shooter. And he's burned the Clippers in two games with his three-point shot now. When you look at the Pelicans in this, it's interesting to think about how that might work. Zion's passing at times was pretty good. Better than we thought it was going to be this season. If you could potentially play him at the five in a small ball lineup, he can maybe be that creator or secondary creator that you're potentially looking for. Not nearly on the level of Nikola Jokic, not even 50% of Jokic, but if you get, I don't know, 40, 40%, 30% of that, I think it's pretty good for where he'd be in his career. And when you look at Jackson Hayes, there's shades of Anthony Davis there with him, a guy who is just such a credible lob threat, a rim runner that when you play small against this team, if he just dives to the rim every time, he's going to be able to outleap whoever's defending him and throw down an alley-oop and be a, a threat that way, which breaks down a defense. If he ever develops a bit of an outside shot, you're going to see a lot of shades of Anthony Davis in him, and I think he's capable of developing that, and we've seen it at times from him. The way this team is moving forward, depending on how competitive you want to be next season, a guy like Jackson Hayes just might need to be your center. 
Defensively, he's not going to give you a ton just yet, but if he adds some muscle and improves from this season to next season, depending on what that leap is, he can be fine in that spot, I think, starting for you or playing much more, uh, many more minutes than he did this past year. And that also means I don't think I'd want to bring in a guy like Evan Turner, who's got three, four more years left on his current deal. Do you want to have to overpay for Serge Ibaka? I would take. I think I'd be fine with that, depending on what it is and how long the contract runs. But Gasol looks a little bit washed. Some of these other centers that I've seen linked to the team, and even a guy like Derek Favors, I just don't really see it working because I think you have what you need from that position, at least in the long term, on the roster as well. And that's stuff that will succeed. The Lakers playing AD at five, which is what they should have been freaking doing the entirety of the time, right? Will work and has worked. And if you get part of that from Jackson A's, I think it really, really will work. If you get some of the passing from Zion Williamson, at least down low, that I think is going to go over really well and fixes some of what you've been missing on this roster. So when you look at all of this stuff, what's succeeding in the NBA and you're trying to plan out what your roster is going to look at, I see that center position being much different than a number of the guys we see around the league. And it makes me hesitant to either if I were in charge of the team to bring them in and maybe just roll with what I have. So big thank you to today's sponsors, Built Bar, go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on NBA, as well as Roman, go to getroman.com slash locked on NBA as well. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on NBA. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter should be back with you all tomorrow. After that's going to depend on the storm and what's going on there. The latest update looks a little bit better for new Orleans, but stay safe wherever you are. And I'll be back with you all next time.